to call my own name. Like, what am I waiting for? Nobody is going to say, hey, Liz, you, you're the one. Do all these things. No, I have to call my own name. And I think a lot of women need to learn that. Hello, I'm Elizabeth Ribbons, your host for Next, a podcast dedicated to connecting women through stories, inspiration, and actions that empower resilience, leverage change, and celebrates their next. Okay, today's guest is Liz Fodick. She's a writer, entrepreneur, and digital producer who established herself as a premier mom blogger almost a decade ago. She then developed a vast and influential network and utilized her media strategy to take high-profile clients and brands to greater levels. Arriving at a life and career plateau at 49, Liz realized that she had accomplished a lot through talent and grit, owning the warrior in herself. This inspired her to launch her podcast, Conversations with Warrior Women, to showcase other women's stories, created a community, and is sending a message to women to find the warrior within themselves. Welcome, Liz. I'm so... (laughs) That was a hell of an introduction. I, you know what though? You're amazing and you've done so much. Try to summarize, like, like my mother says, grass does not grow under your feet, dear, right? <laughs> no, there's no grass anywhere near me. <laughs> so this is really exciting, the things that you've done. So if you could just tell uh, the folks, my audience, a little bit about you, how you got started, your background, and then we'll dive into some good questions that I've got for you. Okay, it sounds good. Well, I mean, I have had 19 careers and I'm only 51. So um, I have been everything. I have been a stand-up comedian. I have been a screenwriter. I have had my own social media agency where I had 100 employees. I have uh, done marketing for luxury brands. I did social media for Paul Stanley from Kiss. I mean, where should I even begin? Yeah. Um, But I would say that I feel like everything I've done, all of these great things and all these fun experiences that I've had have all kind of led me to this podcast, to Conversations with Warrior Women, because it kind of took all my skills, who knew, and rolled them into this perfect little croissant of this (laughs) podcast. So I feel like it's all, even though it feels like I've had a crazy jungle gym climb, not a straight line career path at all. Um, And I have an amazing husband who, by the way, let me took breaks all through there. Take a break, have a kid, take a break. What am I doing now? So I have a really supportive partner and I don't want to, I want to make sure I say that too. Um, And, and yeah, but I feel like now this is where I've arrived after all of these things. Here I am. Well, it's amazing because I agree. I think that all of our, our, all the things we learn and do, we collectively use. And I think, I think fifties are great because this is when we're really doing something that is not only interesting, but it's purposeful or meaningful, or it really has some, some meat to it. So I'm really excited about this, um, this, you know, the podcast and everything you're doing, but I wanted to quickly talk to you about your 49th year. Like you Mm. had a plateau, you had a moment there. So I'd love Mm. to talk about that because everyone seems to, I talk to a lot of coaches and they always say 50 is like a a reckoning period of, Oh my God, I'm not going to be here forever. So tell me how your story. Tell me. Well, that's true. And I think people have these kind of like midlife crisis things like at big milestone birthdays. I I feel like I sort of had a mini one at 30. I had like a sort of one at 40. But 50, for some reason, when I turned 49 and I realized it was only one year to 50, you're right. I I was feeling like, oh my gosh, like how much longer do I have of this great physicality and ability? And, you know, I could even have a whole new career if I wanted to just like, I have a whole other 20 years, like I could do something different. You know, it just sort of was daunting. 
<laughs> but also exciting in some ways, but it is a reckoning. You look back at the whole of your life and say, oh my gosh, what is my next chapter? And I think, unfortunately, I was really overwhelmed. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm really not happy right now. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not happy in my career. I need to do something different. I wasn't feeling happy with my body and the way I was looking. I've been kind of steadily kind of gaining weight over the years, just slow, like a slow creep, right? Like I'm tall. So (laughs) kind of people were like, you're fine, whatever, you know, but it was a slow creep. Like my size is just, you know, I'm just creeping up and, you know, then add the pandemic in, we could just gain a few more pounds right there. But, but I think it was so many things just kind of caught up to me and felt like it was choking me. And, you know, one of the biggest things was uh, a relationship I have with my sister, which has just been really bad and toxic for 40 plus years. Um, And so I just kind of went through everything and said, I got to take a real honest look at this. I need to stop everything and I need to figure out what could make me happy. I don't want to come into 50 like a hot mess. I don't (laughs) want that to happen to me. (laughs) 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 Yes. So I systematically kind of went through and kind of started doing, trying to eliminate and bring in some positivity. Let's like just like Mary Kondo. If it does not spark joy, <laughs> yes, exactly. It does not spark joy goes away. Yes, <laughs> and and that's that reckoning year, you know, because I hear it a lot, and I went through it too. And it's like, all right, um, this is now this is crunch time. Not crunch time like stress, but like I really want to do something meaningful, and I don't want to waste yeah. my time, and I. And, and the, I, you, you touched on so many things, the health issue, like we're all living longer lives. So we really want to kind of wake up to how we can, the longevity and how we can treat ourselves better and look better and in all of those things. And, you know, it doesn't, it's like, it was all fun and games until the, you know, until your, your metabolism slows down. Then, oh, if, right. yeah, you know what I mean? Then you're like, oh my gosh, that's just not, that's just not a something that is fun. And we have to adjust to that. But also talking about your sister and, and the, those toxic relationships, I think we get to a a place too in life where we start editing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And And that's hard too. I mean, honestly, I'm, I love women. I mean, you're the same way, Elizabeth. This is why we connect so much. I love women. I want to showcase women. I want to highlight women. My whole podcast is built on these warrior women, right? That I interview and I love them so much. How could this person, me, not have a relationship with her sister? I couldn't, get my head around it. I said, how could this even be true? Like I have to find a way to make this work. But the truth is I couldn't. And the letting go of that was the coming into myself and my happiness and my completeness, just feeling like I could lay that down. I still love her. I still care for her. I just can't, we just can't be in each other's lives. It does not work. And knowing that and owning it and, and how many people, by the way, have come to me since and said, I don't talk to my mother. I don't talk to my father. I don't talk to my brother. I mean, it's kind of the dirty secret that people don't like to talk about. And it only comes up kind of on the holidays, right? Like, <laughs> am I going to go for Christmas with this person? You know, but, I, but in the pandemic, especially, I feel like people have even more so been like, oh my God, either I'm with a person that I can't take it right now or like, oh, well, guess what? Now I don't have to see that person because- no one's seeing anyone. Yeah. So, yeah. So, but it was really tough. It was a tough, that was a tough thing to go through. Yeah, that is. And I think too, it's, it sort of feels like you have to ask yourself, where have I failed? Where am I going wrong? And what can I do to make it different? And if you've really gone down that sort of checklist and you've done your best, I think it just, here, this sounds terrible, 
but I do think that things come with an expiration date. And if you cannot make, if someone can't meet you in the middle on something, yeah. then you have to say like Mary Kondo, you know, right. Bless I've been 40 it, years of trying. You. Yeah. 40 years of trying. I mean, hello. Yeah. <laughs> How many more years do you want to give to this? I mean, you really have to think about that, right? I mean, I'm sure it's true for people in some marriages too. Like you ask yourself, I've been married this, you know, how long? And if you're miserable, like how many more years do you want to spend being miserable? Like if you really can't fix it and you've been working really hard to try. So there are some things you just need to let go of. Yeah. And I agree. I agree with you on that. And I think that that was really brave of you and, and brave of you to say it out loud too, because I think a lot of people just go, Oh, what a relief. Like you were saying on the podcast. Oh yeah. So what does, cause I want to talk about your, your podcast for sure. This putting yourself on the list. What does that mean? Oh my God. Well, I mean, listen, I started my little, the warrior moms community based on this whole premise of the, I knew because if I knew if I was feeling this way, these other mothers were doing the same thing. It was like, I would put anything ahead of myself. Oh Oh no, you can't have a lunch with your girlfriend. You got to go fold the laundry. Oh no, you can't work out right now. You got to be with your kids. Like I would just make all, all these make believe things. Like if I wasn't a perfect mother, the perfect mother wouldn't be taking time for themselves. You know, they'd be all in on the kids, all in on the husband, cooking perfect meals, doing all the things. And I realized like that is just nonsense. And that if you don't do self-care, if you don't put yourself on the list at all, I mean, forget putting yourself first. These mothers don't even put them on the, on the list at all. They're not even on the list. So I thought if I don't put myself on the list, then how is anyone else going to do it? I mean, we kind of all have to encourage each other. Like, good for you. Did you get a massage? Great. Good for you. You took a break from your kids. You went away with some girlfriends. Bravo. Like, do not shame women for for self-care. I mean, that's ridiculous, right? So I think putting yourself back on the list is sort of the beginning of your self-confidence and your self-esteem and your resilience, knowing that you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to fill your cup so you can pour into your family, pour into your friends and pour into your work. And you know what? I think that is so empowering because women who have children at home and they're, and they're, husband, children, all those things going on. They've got all the plates in the air. They really do put themselves very last and then they lose themselves. And then they maybe have a empty nest or something new comes along, or maybe their their relationship ends or what have you. And they're sat sitting with themselves going, I have no idea who I am or what, you know, they haven't taken the time. I find that, I find that is really pretty common. In, yes. fi- in the 50s, you know, 40s, 50s, they lose themselves in it. And then they're coming back to themselves. So that's what being on the list is about. And I think that's really cool. So what do you so what do you talk about with your warriors on on your podcast? Tell me a little bit more about your podcast. Well, I mean, well, we talk about putting ourselves back on the list. And by the way, if you don't put yourself on the list, watch out how resentful you'll be. Yeah. Right? Like you'll just be that resentful mean wife. Because <laughs> you're not putting yourself on the list. And so you just make everyone else pay the price. Uh-huh. I've done yeah. that before. Yes. Um, I, I talk to amazing women like, like yourself, Elizabeth. I mean, trailblazers, women who are out there in the world, who are trying, failing, winning, losing, um, inventing things, creators, makers, activists. Um, I just want to get a window into some different women and what are they doing in the world and, and what have they had to do to be so resilient because that's sort of what it takes. So I, these conversations are so inspiring to me. They really helped me. And I figured over the years when I was having these conversations with women just at a lunch, I would think, God, I really, I really wish someone so-and-so had been here to hear this conversation. And then I realized, wait, these are just great conversations. Everyone needs to hear these conversations. So now I realize that is what I was doing all along is sort of 
calling up a, a, a podcast. I didn't even know it, but I really, I really, I will tell you these women blow my mind. I, I, I used to think I would run, you're going to laugh, that I would run out of women to talk to. Now I think it's hysterical. I'm like, oh my God, I will never run out of warrior women to interview ever in my whole life. Oh, I, I completely agree with that because there are, and, and the, the, the thing that you touched on was resilience and people are like, well, how do you build resilience? Well, you get dragged behind the horse and you get back up. Like you just like, you, you walk through fires, you keep meeting those challenges, right? And I'm sure you hear the stories. I listened to a few of your podcasts and there's some really just inspiring and motivating stories there. Like how is she still like walking, living, doing, Yes, and sounds and, it, and, and even yourself, all of these accomplishments you had, all of these things you've done, and you got to 49 and you just said, wait, I'm not happy. This is, I got to switch this up. And you had the confidence because you, you have resilience to, to pivot, turn and change it and make it happen, right? I bet you hear a lot yeah. about that from the women that you're speaking with. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, it takes a lot of chutzpah, let's just say. I love that. You yeah. admit you're not happy. Admit you're stuck. Admit you, it's not working. You know, even if you made a choice and you thought it was great, it's really hard to admit, oh, that was not good. That did not work for me. But I think women need that freedom. You know, you need the freedom to say, you know, to check in with yourself in the stillness, which I don't even know what that means because I can't stop talking. But in the stillness, you know, you got to come to yourself and say, am I happy? Is this working for me? Like, how is this really working? And you really have to be honest. Because if you're not, then you're just living someone else's life, right? Some other picture that you think you should be living that's not yours. Oh, that is so well said because I, I think that that happens, again, to a lot of women. And then they're like, if I, if I stir things up right now, then I'm going to really make a lot of people unhappy. We'll make them unhappy. Why, why are you worried about their happiness? Then no one's really concerned about yours. I think you have to start trying to find that at that place where you can be happy. And a lot of women you know, uh, gosh, that, you know, I, I'm all about next. So they're deciding this isn't making me happy. I'm going to do go into my next. And then you've got people who they pretty much have you in a box. This is, this is Liz and this is what she does. And then you say, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to do this. And they're like, well, wait, wait, wait. And they get kind of, I don't know if they put their fear on you or what, but have yeah. your, have your guests talked about that a lot? Yes. I mean, I think I had one guest on Katie Chen and her mother was this Chinese chef. You know, she came to America with like a dollar, you know, and she, I love that yeah, I love. she came here with nothing. And her mom was like, you need to, you know, learn how to cook. And she was like, no. And she went into all these other jobs and wouldn't, you know, she came back right that round to being a chef with her mother. And that was her true calling, but she resisted it for so many years. You know, she didn't want to do it. Um, I guess she was trying to, you know, carve her own way. She didn't want to go in her mom's footsteps. She felt like she didn't want to be in the shadow of her mother. But what she didn't realize was that her mother was a warrior and she was meant to follow in her footsteps. And, you know, stories like that, I kind of love. I love the stories where you kind of are resisting what's really, you know, your thing. And then all of a sudden you just realize, you know what? I need to just follow my bliss and do what's right and do what's right for me. And, and you know what, this is, these are the stories that help the women that are hanging back and going, oh no, I don't know if I really want to. I don't know if I have the bandwidth. Oh, yes. you know, oh, uh, why bother? Like that's going to take a lot of effort. And it's, it, it really isn't all at once. It's not like one day, you, you know, you're going through a revolving door and then it comes, it, it takes like steps, right? It doesn't, it, yes. it evolves and it doesn't all of a sudden become like, I'm going to go write a best-selling book and do all these things all in one day. It takes, it takes a, a evolving and a growth. So 
and I think it's well worth it. There's this there's this skit on or this thing on uh, Saturday Night Live. I forget who the actress is, but she's the mom at Christmas, and oh, yes. and she got the robe, and then everybody's getting all the stuff, even the dog, and then she goes, oh, "I yeah. got a robe," and it just feels like that's the lot. A lot of times, women are willing to just. I don't know, take this like honorable sort of thing and say, this is what I'm going to accept. And then all of a sudden, one day, like you said, they get really resentful and angry. And yeah. so, oh my gosh. I think all that sacrificial stuff is nonsense. Like, yeah. honestly, it's not that you don't love your kids or your husband and do things for them, of course. But when you're sacrificing on that level and you're just constantly sacrificing and giving up all that, all these parts of yourself, okay, I, I won't you know, go out with my friend or, okay, I won't start that business because it's inconvenient for everyone else or whatever it is, all the things you deny yourself, that stuff builds up. <laughs> Don't think they're just, they're just one-offs, right? No, they're on top of each other, just building higher and higher until it's up in your neck and you have no choice to just scream out, I can't take it anymore. Like, no, you know, so I mean, I think rather than getting to that point, right, that's why we check in. That's why we say, is this working for me? What do I need? Where's my self-care? Put it on the calendar. You need it. Oh, my gosh. You, you make so many good points. You know, a lot of times, too, we, we oppress. We suppress all of that. Okay, well, I'll put this away. When I get the list done, then I'll, I'll have that time. I'll have that time. And they keep putting it away. And it's in that closet back there. And the closet's getting really full. And then one day... Someone says, I'm sorry, we no longer carry that salad dressing and you lose it. Like, you know, I, I did like a little solo on that, like a podcast solo on that. Like you just lose it or you're, you're late at night with your iPad, just buying all kinds of stuff online. And you're like, why am I doing this? Like you, you have to really check in. And a lot of times all those things sort of massage you for a little bit or you scream at someone and you just go, oh damn, what was that? Oh, wow. And I got to kind of back up a little bit here. Right. And yeah. I think a lot of women have been there where they're just like, okay, when you first had that first child and you just go, Oh my gosh, it's all about this child. Now I, I have to step aside. And I think that's when it starts. Yes. And then that whole lifetime, and you may have many children, you're in that space and that closet's getting really full. <laughs> yeah. But you know, don't you also think it's really good to show your kids like, I involve my kids in what I'm doing now. I tell them about, oh, mom, who's on the podcast? Oh, who are you on with today? Uh, oh, you're talking to Elizabeth? Oh, that's cool. Like, who is she? I, invo- I involve them. I think that's part of it is that we can't just act like we don't have anything else going on with them. I mean, my daughter knows like, oh, if I have a girl's weekend or if I'm going to a retreat or something, I tell her what it is and she misses me, but she's happy for me. And I want her to know that that's okay for her too, that she should take time for herself, do things she loves you know, regardless of what other people think. You have to set that example. Oh, and you're modeling really good behavior for your kids. Just like I always say to my kids, I always raise them, people don't know how to treat you until you've shown them how to treat you. And you have to treat yourself lovingly so other people know to treat you with kindness and respect. If you don't respect your own self, right, then everyone's going to say, oh, she doesn't care. It's okay, you know? So I think that that's really important. And I just love that you, that you involved your kids. I did, mine are out of the house, but I did that all along and, and they are my biggest fan club. And um, so they, they're just great. My kids are awesome. And I also, you know, it's all part of, especially daughters, when they start getting older, oh my gosh, learning how to talk to them and they call you. And then you're, you, you ha- I've learned, I've learned 
do, is this like, do you want me to hear you or do you want advice? Am I fixing I have, it or am I yeah, listening? <laughs> yeah. And I have to ask because, and then she'll let me know. She's just like, I just need you to listen to this right now. No, I want your input, but I've learned because I don't know which daughter I'm getting. She's on the fence of whether she wants me to be her mom or she wants me to be like a comrade, you know, like, and, and so I have to go, okay. What, you know? And so it's, it's an interesting one with daughters and, and sons are great too. I don't know if you have any boys, but sons are Oh no, I have a 14 year old son. He's, he, he's, he's having a hard time right now. I will say the teenage years are hard, but, but yes, I have a daughter and a son. So I get, I get the best of both worlds. Yeah, me too. Me too. Okay. So you are a speaker and I bet you are a fun to go and see speak. So I would love to hear about your speaking and where you're speaking at and what you're doing and all of that your community that you're building. I'd love to hear about it. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, right now speaking is Zoom. So (laughs) right now it's a lot of Zooming. Um, But my thing that I like to really kind of talk to women about is calling your own name, which is a little bit like putting yourself on the list too, but calling your own name. Because when I was little, I, I think I told you this, I stole the romper room mirror. I was on the show, the romper room when I was six and I took the mirror from the host of the show because she didn't call my name. And I took it and called my own name. (laughs) And when I was turning 49 and I was feeling this, I was just miserable, like just miserable. I thought, I have to call my own name. Like, what am I waiting for? Nobody is going to say, hey, Liz, you, you're the one. Do all these things. No, I have to call my own name. And I think a lot of women need to learn that, that we need to call your own name. No one's call. No one is going, don't wait around for someone to tell you what you should be doing. Call your own name. Take your space and do what you want. And I think that's an important lesson always for women, but also now, like, I think a lot of people are feeling really down. They feel like, gosh, they've been kind of in jail all this time. You know, we're still like kind of in this pandemic, you know, in this pandemic place. And, but I think this is the seed planting time. I think we're in a seed planting time. And if you plant your seeds now, then guess what? When we're out of this and we are coming out of this, we are going to get off this turbulent flight. Um, you know, then you're going to have all these things for yourself. So you might as well plant the seeds now. You know, I talk to a lot of women's groups. I love, I love women's groups and I like small groups. I really like to kind of workshop with people and talk to people. Like that's to me the most wonderful thing. It's not just the speaking, but it's the hearing, you know, their stories and what they're going through and are they calling their own name? Oh my gosh. I love that. And yes, on Romper Room, she never called me either. And I used to get, so that is so funny that you said that. Cause I just thought about it the other day and I couldn't think of the name of the show. I was like, Who's that woman, she never called me. And that's so funny that you just mentioned that. That's so funny. Cause we, we, we had talked to each other about it. That's probably why, but, but I, I love that. And she never did call me either. And I think that women, for whatever reason, we're, we're waiting to be validated. And, and that validation is just not going to happen until we we step into it ourselves and just own our ourselves and who we are. And, and it's powerful. I think women, you know, I, I really talk to women 40 to sixties and, and I just think it's a great time in life. So powerful, so incredible. And, and the things that they're doing out there is, is, um, is just incredible. So you go to a lot of women's groups and speak and um, do you have something else going like a book? I think you have, Yes. yes. Well, I mean, you can't talk to all these warrior women and not have something to learn from that. Right. right so right. I, I feel like they're, I, I immediately started saying, wait a minute, this is a book. <laughs> you know, these women, because they, they all have such great lessons. Uh, one of the women that came on my show, Dr. Serena Fierro, she talked about tapping yourself on the shoulder. 
Yeah. She had always her whole career had men coming up to her and tell, you know what, you should really go for that job. You know, you should really think about applying for that. And then she thought, oh, that's so great, right? She's moving up in her career. She's applying for these positions. And all of a sudden she says, why am I not tapping myself on the shoulder? Why am I waiting for a man to come over? And by the way, no women tapped her on the shoulder. Oh, gosh. So she really thought two things. She thought, A, I'm going to tap a woman on the shoulder. That is happening. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the woman that taps another woman on the shoulder. And secondly, what am I waiting for? I'm going to tap myself on the shoulder. Like, I don't need to wait for someone else to tell me to apply for that job. I'm going to go for that job. And I don't need to check all the boxes and it doesn't need to be perfect. I'm going to apply for the job even if I only check two boxes. Because guess what? That's what men do. So you might as well throw your hat in the ring. And who cares if you don't get it? Throw it in. So that's a really important point. And I feel like a lot of these women that I've talked to have these kind of universal truths. And and I swear to you, every podcast I go on, there's another thing that comes. And it's helped me so much. I just thought, my God, this this is what we need right now. The women are going to, to run this world and save and heal us. Women are the greatest multitasking, emotionally intelligent people there is, we need to be doing every, we need to be running everything. Women need to be <laughs> And so I'm really writing this book to say to women, get involved. Everybody get involved and do your part because women are going to bring us out of this crazy time we're in. Oh my God. I love that. I love that. So let me just touch on the, on the, you know, tapping yourself on the shoulder. And I, I, I think that comes from, look, we haven't been in the workforce as long as men. They've got a system that works. Okay. It doesn't work for women. Just let's just, right on. it doesn't work. Network. It does, yeah, it's the boys network and it doesn't work for women. And we're seeing that right now in the pandemic, how many women are leaving the workforce. It's really sad. But yeah. the fact, and the fact of the matter is, is how many women are graduating from university. It's more than men. Where did we get in our mind that we ha- where we're trying to go into the men's world so we had to double down and do extra work and check all the boxes so that we could validate with them because already they thought that they, we were less than, right? That was just the, the thought back when. And then the women that got there, that was another thing. The women weren't tapping her on the shoulder. The women that did get there, heck, if they were going to give us any, you know, I, I remember those days and they didn't want to give anyone a hand up. But I think that that's changed. I really know that it's changed because we're seeing now that we can work remotely. Women can have a million plates in the air and still get it done. And I think they prefer it. Like if, if they know that they have flexibility with their work and they can, people like to work. People love to be doing what they do well and be given the chance to do well. And if that means that they can still show up at the soccer game and then later on work later after the kids are in bed or whatever, that's what I did. I ran a company. That's what I did. But the yeah. thing is, is that I chose that for myself. I created that. But a lot of women who've worked in the corporate, you know, uh, environment, they're trying to fit into a different sort of program that yes. isn't. It's linear, and that's the old way. And I really see, and I have a lot of conversations with women about this. I really see this hybrid sort of workforce. You know what I mean by hybrid? Like sort of. In the office sometimes, but yeah. your, yeah, I just think it's I think we have learned that through this this time. You're right. Aren't we lucky that we have? Because do you think that there would be this going on if, if we didn't learn how to no. get on Zoom and how to have um, all these conversations and be able to c- accomplish so much and not have to be on the in the car driving around? So I think it's a real, it's a win. It's a sad situation that we've had to go through. But at the same time, I agree with you. You know, the woo-woos will say it's the feminine time, but I do see that. I I don't know. The Dalai Lama said it's the Western woman that will, you know, take 
run the world. And I honestly, oh, believe, so to him and I agree. I love yeah, that. You know, you're, you're right up there with the Dalai Lama. And, and so the thing is, is that I, I honestly believe we're on something here. We're on to something here. And so if we look at the timing, we tried to be in the man's world. And I remember uh, I had a company. I closed my doors to, to be with my daughter. And uh, there was a lot of women that weren't happy with me for that because, I, you know, you work so hard, right? But now people are like, oh, my gosh, you know, that's you wouldn't you would just make it work instead. And it was it's different. It's different. Yeah, it's not like I, an either or before. Exactly. And now it's like, no, we can we can mix it all in and, and make it work and we can reach out to each other. And say, would you, would you, I want to remotely work with you on this project and da, 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 da. And we can bring in the group and circle the wagons and do all that great stuff. There's so many fantastic women out there that are willing yeah. to do the same. Yes. So I think we are becoming our own. And uh, I hate this, our own brand. But we are kind of becoming our own brand in the sense that we are going and going to work and, and being able to work and stay relevant, right? Yes, I agree. <sighs> I, I love I feel that. Like this is the time for women to really you know, create themselves and create whatever they want. I mean, if you're going to come out of the workforce, great. Create something totally different. Create something that works for you. Just like you're saying, works for your schedule, works for your life, work with other women, start something new, start a business. I feel like this is the time. It's the seed planting time. I, and I think too, that they're uh, saying, well, you know, a lot of women who've had the structure, the corporate structure, they're saying, I don't know how to run a business. And it's like, well, it's just like anything else. When we decided to make a change, it evolves. It's like little by little and you start just switching that over. But if you've worked at home remotely, you kind of have a taste of what what's going to be like. Exactly. It's kind of like that. So, you know, as long as you have good boundaries and, and you know when to say, okay, I've put in a full day and no, I'm not taking another meeting, um, which is another thing that women have to really be strong about. And I think that you, you showed, you had good boundaries with like your sister and with the toxic stuff and right? The really being clear on boundaries and saying, okay, um, no, this is enough. Or I've worked all day. Now I'm going to enjoy a glass of wine with my husband. It's boundaries <laughs> with love. Boundaries yeah. with love. Like boundaries don't have to be ugly. That's the other thing. I think women think if I put up a boundary, you know, even if I tell my friend, you know, I don't, I don't like to talk about that stuff in public or that, you know, so you have a weird mama with your friend or something, you know, it's, it's boundaries with love. You're not shaming anybody. Nobody needs to get angry about it. It's just, you're holding a boundary showing that you love yourself and respect yourself and you respect the other people as well, right? You respect their time and their energy and all that stuff. So when you get really good at your boundary setting, you start to realize it's not so scary and it's not bad. It's, it's loving. It's a loving thing. And you're, and you're modeling again, you're modeling that to the other person. So they understand. And I think what it is too, is that, you know, women were more gregarious. We, we want to be in groups and we really do well. We support each other. Like it, it takes a village kind of thing. And we've learned early on that you have to all be nice because if someone gets their feelings hurt, la la la, that kind of thing. So I, I always say, and I raise my daughter and my son, say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. sort of. Just, oh, that's a good one. I like that. Right? That's one of my little like momisms. But I just say I that because that. it's like you got to be able to say it like past the salt. And you got to hold your yourself firm on that. Like, okay, awesome that you're done. I call it the sandwich method. Awesome that because I used to work with a bunch of men and I used to have to. So I would say something. This is awesome. However, and then I'd finish it up. But I can see that with this idea and yours, we can make this work. Right, you know sandwich. what I mean? Loving sandwich, yes. Loving sandwich. Compliments, the compliments <laughs> of the bread and the little criticism in the middle, but you're going to compliment on either side. Yes. Say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. So it's I just love that. that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I'm going to steal that. 
<laughs> oh, you should definitely, because it's one of those things that it, we got to get really good at it. We got to get good at, women got to get good at talking about money and mm-hmm. saying, you owe me this much. When are you going to send it? Uh, you know, just this kind of stuff. And it's that those are things that I don't know. Women have had trouble with. I've mentored women and they have trouble with it. Oh, and, yeah. but it's because they don't have practice. Just like your, your, uh, your guests that come on your show who've been through it, they get stronger. So you just got to keep doing it over and over again, right? Yes. Access that inner warrior. Got to do it. Oh my gosh. I love this. And so your book is about the, a collective of, of the different women you've spoken with. Yes. Yes. And, and what do you, what do you want? What do you want for future looking, looking into the next five years? What are you looking at Liz? I mean, I'm hoping that I will be traveling all over the place, Elizabeth. <laughs> um, although I'd be coming visit, to visit you because we live close. Um, yes. But I, I'm hoping that for some travel and, and meeting different women uh, across, the, across the world, but also across the United States, I really, um, I just went to Idaho this last uh, weekend. It was my first time I'd traveled in a long time. And I went to a little, like a very small uh, women's conference and it was more like a mastermind, but it really encouraged me. I love meeting women from other places and hearing their perspectives and what they're going through and what they've kind of been able to, how they pivoted through this pandemic. It's really fascinating to me. So I think it's, you know, continuing on with my podcast, writing, writing the books, and then traveling and meeting more warrior women and just connecting with them. I'm just, I'm amazed by the resilience and just the way women are lifting each other up right now and supporting each other. It just, it really is such a positive thing. I, I, I feel is coming and I feel like women are going to come even more into that collaborating versus comp- competing and just really finding new ways to work to, together to, for a common goal. Cause I really think that's what it's about. Oh, that was beautifully said. And I think, you know, that we need space at the table. Well, we were all fighting to have space at the men's table. And I think now we're all like, hey, there's plenty of room at the table. And there's plenty of, uh, of you know, things for us to plug into. And, and we're not going to, no scarcity. We're not thinking yes. about scarcity. No scarcity. Yeah. And I just love that. And I love that you're doing that. Well, you are just a dynamo, Liz. And this has been a bunch of fun talking with you and I wish you great success because if you have great success a lot of women are telling great stories and and that's important to me as well so thank you for being with me and taking this time today and uh, you have yourself a lovely lovely day thank you so much Elizabeth I love you you're such a warrior woman thank you for having me on oh my pleasure thank you for listening Links to mine and my guest social media, as well as other resources you might enjoy, are all in the show notes. Why not take a quick 10-minute quiz to help find the right resource for you? Download the Compass mini course or browse the resource page and see what the next community has to offer. All available at www.nextcareerlife.com. Enjoying the show? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend or coworker. Word of mouth is still the best way to find out about new podcasts. Until next time.